Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, as this COVID pandemic has raged on, the current fourth wave uh, bringing our healthcare system into crisis territory, there has been a parallel pandemic, every bit as deadly, and taking lives for far longer. We're talking, of course, about the opioid overdose epidemic that has been plaguing the world for years now. And every year, the number of lives lost just keeps on going up. 821 Albertans dead from overdose in the first half of 2021. And Edmonton being hit especially hard right now. Now, throughout it all, there has been a political struggle over how to handle it, um, sadly. It's a pushback against safe consumption and harm reduction with a focus on recovery is where we started with the Kenny government. Now, if you've listened to this show, you know we've brought on the very best experts on addiction medicine in the country to talk about this and find out what does the evidence tell us. There is a roadmap here. We just need to follow it. Recovery will not work on its own, but it will work as part of a continuum of care, starting with harm reduction and then moving into recovery. There's a whole bunch of steps that you have to go through. They all have to happen if we actually want to get our arms around this at some point in time. Now, last week, we saw a change in direction from our province as the government, you know, who has steadily reduced the number of safe consumption sites in Alberta, reversed course and said now they're exploring additional sites, specifically in the Edmonton area. To chat a bit about this and what it means, we're going to chat with Petra Schultz, who is co-founder of Moms Stop the Harm, which is a national advocacy organization pushing for drug policy reform. Petra, thank you for joining us. Always a delight to chat. Yeah, thank you for inviting me this morning. Um, so what I outlined there, um, obviously that is a, it's a pretty marked change in direction for the UCP government, going from reducing the number of safe consumption sites to actually talking about bringing in more. It, it is a departure. It's a it's a welcome departure uh, because we well know that uh, supervised consumption sites save lives. Uh, we also know that uh, dead people don't recover. So if we want to have hope for people for the future, we do first need to keep them alive and and keep them safe. So it is a welcome departure, but also one that raises some question. Uh, the province has closed one of the busiest and key supervised consumption sites in downtown Edmonton near Bo- uh, in Boyle Street Community Services and in that area called Eastwood mm-hmm. is where we have seen the greatest increase in overdose deaths. Um, that side still sits there empty. Uh, so my question to the province would be, why not start, um, if they want to take this step and realize that supervised consumption saves lives, why not start by reopening uh, what they have closed, and then look at expansion. Uh, there is a need in the White Avenue area, but it's not quite as urgent as it is in the Eastwood area, uh, northeast of downtown. And it will also take time, whereas the site downtown has all the permits, all the um, regulations have been met, the federal regulations. It would be quite easy to bring that one up 
again. And that's what we'd like to see. Yeah, I mean, the need is is everywhere. I think you're right. And, you know, the government in announcing this change is, is saying that the south side of the river in the city of Edmonton, in this specific instance, is underserved. Uh, they don't have safe consumption sites, so they want to focus on that. The, the, the need does exist on the south side of the river too, Petra. Oh, then, no doubt. The need does exist on, on the south side. We've seen um, more uh, people w- without homes um, uh, on the areas on the south side, and there is an absence of all kinds of services. What we also have to remember, we, we need to provide services that will help people get uh, long-term housing and social supports, mental health supports. Um, all this is uh, thoroughly lacking on the south side. It's not just um, yeah. supervised consumption. So, you know, Petra, when we talk about this in in the big picture, and you're right, there there's all kinds of specific instances we can point to, but I was struck by just the change. This has to be seen as a very positive step, uh, you know, in, in groups like yours and other people who are trying to get a handle on the opioid epidemic to see the province at least opening the door to safe consumption. That has to be a positive advancement in what we've been pushing for for a long time, right? cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. and I say cautiously optimistic because we've had a lot of announcements from this government for example um, they have uh, with their focus on recovery they have announced recovery communities in a few locations throughout Alberta yet we have not seen any shovels in the ground and we have not seen any of these programs launched we, we don't know what these programs will be about um, the bottom line is that announcements while while good and hopeful, they don't save lives. And every day, every day we don't act on this. More than four Albertans are dying. And uh, what I like to say is that um, uh, drug poisoning, and I call it a drug poisoning, it's not an overdose. An overdose to me is somebody taking too much of a known substance. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas what we have, we have a poisoned illicit drug supply right and so really it's a drug poisoning crisis and it's not a virus it's preventable we know what we can do and in addition to supervised consumption we have been calling on the province to provide um, safe pharmaceutical alternatives for people who use substances um, and um, often um, we get that compared to overprescribing, which is not um, and that's, which is an incorrect comparison because we are talking about safe pharmaceutical alternatives for people who are currently using problematically and who we have to help stay alive. So that is really a different concept. And it's being done in BC, it's done in Ontario and some of the Atlantic provinces, yet our government has uh, firmly firmly reduced, uh, refused going in that direction. But it needs to happen or the death will not go away. They will actually increase. Yeah, I think you make a good point in terms of, you know, there are so many different components to actually dealing with this, you know, and you say you want to focus on recovery. That's great. Uh, More recovery options is wonderful, but it has to work in conjunction with some of the other things that we've talked about. There is a continuum that needs to be followed here and they all work together and you can't focus on one at the detriment of the others. Exactly. I just to, my, my son Danny died in 2014 and a day before Danny died, he asked me to make an appointment with his doctor and with his psychologist. Now at the time I didn't ask him if he had relapsed. I, I wish I had known and would have known how to keep him safe, but I didn't at the time. Um, but he, he didn't, I made those appointments. He didn't live long enough to attend them. 
And that is always what I keep in mind. You can't, like, it's not a juxtaposition mm-hmm. of recovery or harm reduction. As you said, we really, we need both. Yes. And not even on a continuum, we need both of them on a, uh, at the same time because um, recovery from substance use, is, it's not linear, especially during COVID when all of us are stressed and having a hard time. You know, I imagine doing something very difficult like seeking treatment uh, from using substances at a time when nothing falls into place and where we are isolated and scared that we might get sick. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's made everything so much more difficult. Hey, well, I've got you, Petra. I wanted to ask you about the new app. Um, yeah. It, it seems like, you know, it, it, it could definitely fill some gaps in the system with people who aren't close to supervised consumption sites and things like that. Um, it could potentially. Unfortunately, we don't have any data yet. They have piloted it, but they haven't released data. But with the app, I have a few questions. Um, one thing is the COVID app has shown us that the province of Alberta doesn't have such a great record in effective app development. And at the time when they uh, announced this um, um, this overdose app, like an app that um, that is uh, designed to alert a health system if somebody has an overdose, a user of that app, there were already two apps and a national um, overdose prevention line in existence that the province could have used. They have also canceled a virtual consumption site, which was a similar model last year. So we have lost all these months where people could have already been saved for the for the point of having our own Made in Alberta app. It's great to have it. I hope people use it, but we have to see the data and see if it actually works as designed. And if people will adopt it, will people trust it enough to adopt it? Okay, Petra, thank you so much for your time today. It's always uh, always good to chat. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, Take you care. bet. Bye-bye. Bye. That is Petra Schultz, who is the co-founder of Moms Stop the Harm, which is a national advocacy organization pushing for drug policy reform in Canada. And uh, as you heard her say, she lost her own son to an opiate overdose a few years ago, and that's why she started this campaign.